1: Also, the things we say, they only reflect our brilliant Black woman magic mind
0: and not our employers. You could have been anywhere, y'all, but you chose to be here with us, and we appreciate you. Let's go.
1: What's up, Dr. McMullen? On a scale of one to five, five being amazing, mm-hmm. one being not amazing, <laughs> but no, what number
0: would you give yourself? Decimals Ooh. are fine. I will be brutally honest here because this is a safe space. Okay. I'm going to rank it at about a three and a half. Okay. Okay. Yeah. At a three and a half. Okay. And that is because I've had insomnia the last couple nights, as we talked Mm -hmm. about last season. Mm -hmm. This is unfortunately still an ongoing journey for me. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of comes and goes in waves. And I'm just Mm -hmm. kind of coming off the the tail end of a a bad spell. And yeah, you you know, the emotions are on 10. I I feel Mm -hmm. like... This might be the podcast episode where I cry, like, ugly (gasps) cry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. I'm so so
1: excited. Yes. Okay. That's bad for me to be excited for you to cry. Isn't that (laughs) terrible? (laughs) It's the fellowship of, I'm not going to even say suffering, it's just the fellowship of emotion. Yeah.
0: I mean, the fact that it's a place where I feel like I can show that emotion, you know? Yeah. I don't always want to, but sometimes (laughs) I don't have that much control.
1: Well, you will still be about 248 cries behind (laughs) me on this podcast, so you just cry away sis. Um, You know what, I'm a solid four Mm -hmm. and the only reason I'm not a five, because I had an absolutely wonderful weekend. My son turned 18 on Friday, on Saturday, excuse me, Mm -hmm. and it happened to be the same day as his senior prom so um milestones on milestones milestones on milestones and um non-repeatable life events this Mm -hmm. is something me and my husband talk about a lot like what you do for non-repeatable life events for people that are that are pivotal so we knew this was a non-repeatable life event we wanted to do something special so we had a a pre-prom gathering here for my son and you know a whole step and repeat situation photographer it was awesome red carpet Yeah. So all weekend long I have been on a 5. The high of a 5, you know. Yeah. But you know I've had this very interesting microaggression that I have been experiencing lately. Oh. And I will tell you what it is. So have you ever heard of Instacart? Yes, yes I have. Instacart. Okay. So no less now than probably 10 times when I have been checking out of the grocery store in my in my same regular supermarket that I go to all the time. I am asked as I start putting my stuff up on the counter if if um, this is two orders or if how many orders is this or and, and and the first time it happened to me I was like I'm sorry I don't know what what do you mean are these is this three orders one order two orders and I was like what this is Instacart right and I said no no this is my family's weekly groceries oh okay it has happened to me so, so many times. Wow. So I think, like, at first I was like, well, now what is it? Is it that I come in casual and, I, you know, I look at, my, I'm not wearing anything. I'm not wearing a lanyard that says Instacart. I'm not holding my phone in my hand, looking at it like I'm checking a list or anything. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm just being regular me. But, I noticed today because I went to the grocery store this morning, I realized when it happens. It happens when I front load all of my healthy items first, vegetables, all the perishable items, all those things first, and I have a big order, most of my orders big because I have you know high schoolers right yeah but i but I think it is the combination of what I'm getting with my demographic. And my intersecting identities, black woman. And that's who I normally see walking through the the, um, grocery store with doing Instacart orders. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes young black men, but I haven't seen anybody who wasn't black working for Instacart. And y'all don't at me because I'm sure somebody non-black works for Instacart. (laughs) Uh But at first it was funny to me. It was like hilarious. I was like, this is so funny. Why do people keep thinking I work for Instacart? And me and my friends would laugh about it. And then I started asking my friends who don't look like me who go to grocery stores? Have they ever been accused of being Instacart? And they're like, what? No, mm. no shade to Instacart folks either, right? <laughs> exactly. So then on social media, I say, hey, I keep getting mistaken for the Instacart lady. That's bugged out, right? Black woman after black woman after black woman was like, girl, girl, it is not just you. Mm. And my friends who don't look like me they're not being they're, they're not being accused of this. Yeah. So I just whoever you are if you happen to be a person who works in a grocery store, I need you to know that black american people we we buy we buy vegetables, we eat kale, we buy fresh stuff too. Yes. You know, and sometimes we can't get over to the farmers market, so we just might buy it at our neighborhood publics. Or Mm -hmm. shopping usually is a pleasure, but it ain't a pleasure when you keep thinking that I can't be buying these groceries for my family. (laughs) It was really, it's really weird. Yeah. That brought me down to a four because today was definitely probably the 10th or 11th time it's happened to me. And Mm -hmm. I got confirmation
0: that I'm not the only black woman this happens to. Yeah.
1: It's weird. right?
0: It is weird. I'm going to hold space for all of that because again, it's just like on the surface, it's easy to kind of be dismissive of those types of incidents. But when it's you know, it's the steady, you know, paper cuts over and over and over again of someone not seeing you in the fullness of who you are and making assumptions about yourself and, and what you do. And that's like that's painful. So you know what's
1: so layered about it too? The thing is that the individuals who who, who make this um, assumption about me, they, they are never ever people who are from the most privileged class. In our society. These are not white people saying this to me. Mm -hmm. These are usually people who work, you know, in the supermarket, many of whom are immigrants and who are checking people out all day. And the truth is, they're making that assumption based upon repetitive encounters with who they see in that space, Mm -hmm. which to me just amplifies more what the opportunity gap looks like in the mm-hmm. us right because the people who get to live in the neighborhood that i live in and who get to regularly shop in that way at that market they don't look like me yeah and it just gives you a lot to think about you're like well what what you you think that because because of what you see and why mm-hmm. do you see that it's like a, it's it just underscores the power of structural racism yes right? absolutely
0: so we just had a whole dei lesson <laughs> up in Publix. <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> yes. if you want see me credit for this last week just shoot us an email
1: <laughs> you can get it at the self-checkout <laughs>
0: <laughs> i love it i'll i'll um round out this discussion on a lighter note which is you know if you haven't had a chance to for folks who live in the bay area i um went out to to Tilden Regional Park a couple weeks ago for the first time. It's a big regional park out near Berkeley. And I don't know, I'm just so digging all the the wildflowers that are blooming in California. I don't know, it's becoming more and more of a place of rejuvenation for me, all these different outdoor spaces, especially after all the rain and, you know, let alone all the stuff that I'm feeling inside when I'm, you know, having trouble sleeping. Being outdoors is... It's like a prescription for mental health. Like, we got to do more oh, of it. I love it. Y'all, you know
1: what? She has had hours and hours to think about what she is going to tell oh, y'all come today. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> Because she has been up thinking about this week. And you know what? She is not the only one. I too have been awake and waiting to see what and here what is it that dr ashley McMullen is going to tell us about today
0: hmm. my
1: soul my soul just needs it it needs it it needs it like like ashley needs wildflowers <laughs> eucalyptus trees and um <laughs> astrology so yes. dr McMullen, what is the what the what is mercy mercy grace and mercy go hand in hand exactly it like yeah.
0: was like oh kind of complimentary
1: we ain't with, oh we ain't mad with a little you know what a little kind of two part saga, grace exactly. and mercy. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. It. You know, I think particularly because this is graduation season. Yes. It's reminded me of a story connected to my own graduation from medical school. Oh, okay. So this is actually in May of 2015 is when I graduated from medical school. But I'll go back a little bit further to, you know, the beginning of my fourth year, which is. You know, as I'm getting done with or kind of going through my last few like core rotations, like my sub-eye and like getting ready for residency interviews and finally kind of feeling myself into the space where I can actually see the finish line. And I started really getting excited about graduation day. Like I remember laying in my bed at night and like visualizing who all was going to be there. I think for anybody who is the first doctor in their family, anybody who is a person of color or first gen, this is really like a win for everybody and everybody mm-hmm. who really worked and sacrificed to get you there. And I was just kind of filled with joy, kind of thinking about my grandparents being there, all my siblings, like all this stuff. And on the flip side of that Giddy anticipation, of course, is how my brain thinks. I'm just like, oh, God, like, what if (laughs) what if something happens? Like, you know, I have older relatives. And, you know, I really found myself almost in negotiation with God. (laughs) Mm. So I was like, can you just make sure everybody's good? Can we just get to May? Can we make sure that there's no surprises or anything like that? And we kind of go through this process many nights kind of leading up until May. And so finally, you know, get past like match day, I found out I'm going to UCSF, like super excited. It's springtime. Like it's just a very jubilant time of year. So it's getting close to graduation day. My family's starting to come in. Mm -hmm. And so we've got a lot of folks from all over my grandparents. Even my great grandfather came, took the train down from Chicago to Houston. Wow. So just multiple generations. It was just really cool. And so, you know, we have family kind of scattered around different households. I was actually staying at my brother's house the evening before. So I have two brothers, as you know, two older brothers. I have my oldest brother, David, and then my half brother, Mike. Um, We share the same father, different moms, but, you know, we are siblings that are close enough to where those distinctions don't really play a role. And then I have my sister's-in-law and like at the time I had my four-year-old nephew I think my niece was two or three and then a, another uh, newborn nephew who was like a couple months. So big, big celebration, big gathering, made it to graduation the next day. And um, I remember in the auditorium, this big convention center in Houston, like waiting for my name to get called. And kind of also that anticipation that, you know, sometimes when there's a lot of Family and Black folks in the audience, sometimes we cheer a little too loud, a little too long when our name gets called. I got close to the stage and my name gets called. I hear my family like kind of screaming in the background, but maybe like a little bit more subdued than I expected or anticipated. Mm. We finished the ceremony. And so I get out, everybody's taking photos with like family and friends. I see all my family gathering and start hugging folks. And, you know, it's just like a lot of joy and energy. But I find out like I'm looking around and I'm just like, where's David? Like, where's David and Nicole, his wife, and then uh, their son, my oldest nephew, Drew. I was kind of looking around and everybody was just kind of like dodging the question. So I didn't really think too much of it. And so we're still taking pictures, and finally I'm taking pictures with my mom. At that point, I'm just like, yo, like, where is David? She looks at me and she starts, tears start to kind of well up in her eyes. I could tell she was trying to hold it together, and she's just like, David had a seizure on the way to the graduation. I, I, like remembered freezing like what and she's like it's okay it's okay it was very clear that they were trying to preserve this moment for me i'm sorry was he
1: known to have epilepsy no
0: this would have been this was completely out of the blue oh my gosh yeah so suffice to say you know i'm slowly coming to the realization this is what everybody like knows but i'm just now finding out i could tell people were happy a little shaken up but still like very much in celebratory mode but the one person who was completely unfazed was evangelist Shelly Ryle
1: because <laughs> <laughs> she
0: knew she 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 had already turned it over she was steadfast and I think honestly that is probably why everybody else was okay mm. she was so giddy
1: and for those who may not have been following our podcast for that long, um, mm-hmm. can you just give a quick snippet of who that very important person to this podcast <laughs> Absolutely. is? Absolutely. If you
0: know me, you've probably heard me mention my grandmother, my maternal grandmother, who is someone who played a incredibly major role in my life and continues to at this mm-hmm. point. And now mine well, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> probably some of y'all, if y'all but, have been listening yeah, long enough. That's um, right. That's right. You know, my my grandmother passed um, in 2020, and I've told that story on this podcast, so feel free to, you know, check that out from the last couple seasons. It was a, a deeply moving and meaningful experience, but, you know, the fact that she was there at this graduation and just exuding all this energy of just love and, you know, just steadiness. She was a rock, you know. Mm-hmm. So as the story started unfolding uh, throughout the day, what I Understood was that my brother and his wife, my sister in law, uh, Nicole, and my nephew Drew were on their way to the graduation. They were on a large Texas sized freeway heading down to the convention center. Out of nowhere, for reasons that still have yet to be explained, my brother started having a full blown seizure while driving. My sister-in-law acted immediately, got into his lap, got the car under control, pulled it over, and called EMS. Wow. And they all survived. Wow. And I just also just want to also add some context to my relationship with my brother and his family. So again, David and I are, you know, we grew up very close. We're only about two and a half years apart ride or die through a lot of ups and downs throughout childhood. And Mm -hmm. David has had to step up in ways, particularly for me that, you know, he shouldn't have had to, but you know, he was the one who helped me open my first bank account. He was there helping me move through all these different like locations and apartments. Mm. You know, he helped me out financially when I wanted to take trips with my friends. He's just, you know, I couldn't have asked for a better big brother. And I don't pit the two of them together. I love them both equally. But David in particular, you know, has a very special place in my heart. Same for uh, my sister-in-law, which I know is not a given, you know, your relationship with your in-laws. And so she's also like, you know, um, been a sister to me in so many different ways. Half mm-hmm. my closet is filled with her clothes because... <laughs> um she a much better shopper than i am and then you know of course you know my nephew so for? was only 4 yeah he was born my first year of medical school mm. and so you know just so much in that moment that could have been taken away instantly mm. at a time where i was beginning my journey as a medical doctor so we Wrapped up the graduation, we went to dinner that evening. Had a big fancy dinner with family and friends. My brother and his family were not there, but he was in the hospital for just to get kind of monitored and got released that night. Mm-hmm. The next day, we had a big cookout at my mom's house. My brother Mike had his firstborn son, who was a couple months old, old at the time, and was actually they were actually living in California and had flown down for the graduation. And um, I had this vision of David sitting on the couch, like holding that baby up <laughs> and looking at him and smiling. And I just remember, and like it, it caught my breath, the beauty of that moment and recognizing how profoundly lucky I was mm. to not have had to go through a very severe trauma. It was a mercy. Mm-hmm. Mm. And um, I think about that so often, particularly on like my bad days. And I also recognize like, you know, people have had near-death experiences or, you know, close near-death experiences with relatives. And it kind of gives people a new lease on life. But I also think about the mercies that we don't notice, that we don't see. Suffice to say, like, you know, I've been through some things in the last couple of years, but there's a lot of stuff that I didn't have to go through. Mm. Mm -mm. and and particularly at that time in my life you know we often don't know our strengths until we're up against stuff that we didn't know we were strong enough to handle but I feel pretty confident in saying that I don't know that I would have been able to handle that well Mm. certainly not showing up for intern year Mm. two weeks later Mm. and so I consider it again so merciful that that was not a defining point for me in the way that it could have been. It was defining in ways that have, you know, made me feel grateful for the mundane to see my brother holds babies and, and have more children and, yeah. you know, to see all of my siblings like happy and thriving and mm-hmm. to hear my mom's voice when I give her a call, even though know, it's sometimes hard to get off the phone. I'd be kind of <laughs> wanting to keep it going. So, I
1: mean, There's so much to be said about that. You know, um, the first piece is just pausing for a moment to think about how your family appreciated a non-repeatable, important life experience that was going to be pivotal and that they needed to be there. Yeah. But even more so, there was mercy given to you by your family who recognized this was a non-repeatable, pivotal life experience and did not want it to be blanketed by worry and fear mm-hmm. and sorrow, even to muster the energy up to cheer loud enough for you to hear. Yeah, that I just I just think um, there's something to be said about that. You know, there's a a scripture that talks about how there's new mercies every morning when we mm-hmm. wake up. And I remember one day I was talking to a patient once and who who was having a rough time, and he was like, "New mornings, new mercies." You know, I just think every day we're always just like a snap of a finger away from something happening, like mm-hmm. major. Yes. And you hear people say now, like it's now become like a little saying, like, girl, life be lifing, you know? <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. life is gonna life, but the, but the completion of that sentence is that death is gonna death too. Yes. yes. Right, um, whether we are ready for it or not. And I, I am just so happy that however you see it or whom it, whomever you believe in, the universe, God, a higher power, thought that this was not the time mm-hmm. for, for your brother mm-hmm. to go. This was not the time for your family to endure that kind of thing. Yes. I'm really glad for you that that is not what happened.
0: Yeah, me too. You know, it really is something to be alive. And it is. not just to be alive, but to be in relationship with others. Mm. Mm. and you know, particularly any relationship that's been present from, you know, the beginning. Because people
1: loving you hard, even if you don't have a lot, you know, that that gives you such a head start to win Mm -hmm. at, at so many things. And my son and I were just talking about this. He was telling us my birthday was wonderful. But in particular, I really loved the way you all put so much thought and energy into making this a really great day for me. And he's like, you know, probably what I will remember is that my parents wanted the day to be special. I probably won't remember every detail of like what was here and everything, but I will remember that it was special and that family came and that people came and that it was really, really, really special. Uh And when your world is like that, where people are rallying around you at important times, it just casts your feet into the heavens for you (laughs) to fly. And even if none of it works out perfectly the next morning, when you wake up, there's a chance for new mercies
0: Mm -hmm.
1: every single morning, which I love knowing that New morning, new mercies. Yes, Yes. That's a beautiful thing.
0: I'm going to hold that. Now that we're in this space, I feel my three and a half is creeping back up to like a four and a half on a scale of one to five of how I'm feeling. You know what? I want to say sorry
1: for making light of your insomnia. You know, I'm saying that I'm I'm saying that because like, I just it folded into a good joke and segue, but not being able to sleep when you want to sleep is a big deal. Mm-hmm. And though we kind of chuckle about it, it's restorative rest is it really very, very necessary for us to do this work that we do. So I, and I, and I want to model that, like, even if you are talking to somebody that you love and you say something in jest, if after a few moments of saying something, you realize like, oh, that probably wasn't cool. Mm-hmm. It's actually okay to, you know, loop back and be like, that wasn't cool. I'm sorry. Yeah. So I'm sorry
0: for saying that. I hope you are able to get some rest. Absolutely. I yeah. appreciate that. I appreciate the the circling back and, you know, no love lost there. Um, just yeah. more understanding. And I think for anybody who's listening, who's dealt with ins- insomnia, I feel you. It is really hard. And I think that, you know, it just makes any other underlying symptoms like anxiety and depression that much harder to grapple with so I'm here in solidarity I think that in addition to gratitude therapy has been really helpful so shout out to my therapist and to folks who are on the fence give it a shot yeah that's right that's right I am a little disappointed that you didn't start crying
1: though I know. I thought. I mean, you didn't even shed a thug tear. I thought one was going to roll down your cheek and I could acknowledge it for the people. But yeah. no, no, you didn't even cry. And I was actually on the brink of tears, but I was coaching myself. I was like, I am not crying by myself this week. Not off of her story. Right. She going
0: to cry with me. Right. Yeah. I was like on the verge of tears earlier when I saw like, you know, an inappropriate charge on my credit card. <laughs> <laughs> somehow this didn't work ah, you know you know what
1: i think what took the tears away was when you you spoke your grandmother's name mm-hmm. so i think when you evoked her memory she stepped into the space and she she stilled everything yeah. like she did always right but That's even on did. this podcast yeah. she came in and she stilled everything and she said nah we're all right yeah <laughs> exactly. okay everything is okay this yeah. is- this is wrapped tight. This is bound up. We good to go. And we're going to get past this. This is yep. not today. Not today. Mm-mm, this is not today. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. For sure. Well, um, how old is that um, little nephew now?
0: Oh, gosh. He is.
1: pooh. <laughs> I'm yeah, he's like, he's,
0: making th- you do math. I know. I was like, 2019. I could have done the math
1: myself. It's 2023. You graduated in 15.
0: He's okay. turning 12 <laughs> this year. Okay. Yeah, wow. it's been a minute. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah, wow. But every, yes, it's such a gift. Yes, it is.
1: Well, sis, you are a gift too. And I am so grateful to have heard this story um and it's hopefully everybody else who heard it too will be just thinking about all of the little mercies big and small that they get every day yes for sure well i love you yes i love you too and i'll see you in a few days yes at the society of general internal medicine where we are presenting yes
0: (laughs) come see us all All right, right girl That wraps up this week's episode of the Human Doctor Podcast.
1: Special thanks to our favorite brother gastroenterologist, Dr. Chuma Obiname for the beats. Shout out to the Dr. Ashley McMullen
0: for editing and production. Mad love to our podcast family at The Nocturness and the Clinical Problem Solvers. Our Med Twitter fam. And especially shout out to all of you, our listeners. Until next week, remember, we see you and you
1: are enough. Holla. Holla!